What is up, New York? It's the Big Rig here. You'd think I'd have a sound clip for that, but nope, not on this show. You don't get sound clips. Uh, maybe one. Standing up for me. Thank you. Um, tonight, big game. Big game five in L.A. Mets Dodgers, the Battle of the Coast. Jacob DeGrom versus Zach Greinke. Mets try to get past the Dodgers for a ride to the NLCS, you know, in order to face the Chicago Cubs, who clinched their spot on Tuesday with a 3-1 series victory over the cards. So Mets trying to do the thing tonight. We're going to go into that a little bit later. Be a huge series win for the Mets, who haven't made the playoffs since 2006 when they lost to the Cards in Game 7. Beltran, I think he's still standing at the plate waiting for a fastball because that that hook that <laughs> Wayne right through, you know, he was not ready for. And he's, hey, we got to forget about that now. It's time to move on. All right, we're in the playoffs. We're in Game 5 versus L.A., our best is going against eh, – they're, they're 1A. Let's let's call them a 1A. We'll call them the ace. We'll call them a 1A, like in horse racing. Okay? We're going to go into that a little bit. Uh, the Jays and Rangers, man, what a series. What a game yesterday. Play one for the ages. A lot of stuff to talk about in that game. Got your brawls, the home runs, the disrespect, whether you want to think it's disrespect or not. You know, the bat, the epic bat flip. Overall, just one of the most entertaining games I've seen in a long time. And by far the craziest inning I've seen in even longer. Joey Bats in the playoffs, you're going to want to watch from now on because that guy is entertaining, and he knows what he's doing. He knows how to fire up that crowd in Toronto. Houston KC is another game five, a little less dramatic. Uh, nonetheless, a game five. Their seasons were on the line. Uh, we'll take a look at that game. Johnny Cueto, he started to become the pitcher of old, and he looked amazing last night. Uh, for the second straight year, the Royals are going to the ALC- ALCS. So we'll talk about that about a little, a little more later. Okay. Um, right now, <clears throat> give me an update on uh, Lamar Odom. Uh, they did a toxicology report yesterday, and we talked about this yesterday for a little bit. They found cocaine in the system. Now, they're going to go and get a toxicology report when this guy's in a coma. It, it boggles my mind how – they could be like this, but then I started thinking to myself, maybe they're doing that to see if he was poisoned, see if there's foul play, <clears throat> something along those lines. So maybe he is. I read reports yesterday he had cocaine in the system. He took 10 tabs of um, Viagra. Can you imagine? I mean, I hey, I don't want to poke fun, but can you imagine the damage he would have done in that brothel if he made it through and didn't go into a coma? I mean, you got cocaine, you got Viagra. He would have went through every girl in there and been looking for more. He would have he would have came out the, with a cape on, just just hunting. He would have been a predator. So he's in this coma right now. He's fighting for his life. The doctors say he has a 50-50 chance of making it. <clears throat> hey, we hope for the best. Everyone rallying around him in the NBA said he's a great guy to talk to. He's a great guy all around. Just fell on bad luck, and that's what happens in the NBA. You know, especially when you're, you know, you get divorced, you have family problems, your child dies. Hey, there's a lot of stuff out there that can make you fall into a pit like that. But there's also a lot of support around you, especially when you're an NBA star. You have a lot of people around that can help you. So, hey, he's just as much as blame as his addiction. So we'll go, you know, that's all we'll say about that. Uh, When we come back, we're going to preview the both game fives in the American League. 
And uh, later on, we'll talk about the Mets and uh, maybe go into a little football, some hockey. We'll be right back. Rick Show. Number to call in is 347-989-0635. Follow me at Twitter, at The Big Rig Show. Answer your calls, take little tweets uh, a little later on in the show. Uh, right now we're going to go into the uh, MLB playoffs, ALDS, American League Division Series. And we're going to start off with the Houston KC Series. Now, this kind of was in the background yesterday of the show, uh, of the of the games, because that that Toronto game just was one that you'll be watching from years to come. They'll they'll be referencing that game, uh, controversy, uh, some disrespect if you if you look at it like that. And we'll be talking about it a little later. But in the Casey Houston game now, Casey is becoming almost like a, a not a powerhouse, but they're 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 almost going to be a perennial playoff team. They they. Their players, their their coaching, their uh, Ned Yost has a, a lot to be desired. He's he's on the same level as Don Manley for me because some of the calls he makes are just ridiculous. But um, they're they're becoming a playoff team year in and year out. You're going to see them for a while. I think they're going to still be in it, and if they keep their players and and keep the same philosophy, speed, defense, they're going to be in it. Their bullpen's really strong. Now, Houston. Kind of a kind of a baby team, kind of like what Casey was last year. They're this year, but they just didn't have the same results as Casey. They got to this the point. They got to the game five, 
And I think they're just not ready to take the next step. Uh, they have some pitching. Keuchel, you know, he's good. But they have to – I think it's one more addition in the lineup. A lot of young kids, a lot of young pitching, they'll be there. They're going to fight for that division spot year in and year out. <clears throat> so I just think they're not there yet. Okay. Now, Cueto – Starts off the game, he he hasn't pitched very very well in the playoffs. He hasn't pitched very well all year, okay? So we're looking at this, and we're saying, is Cueto going to be the guy that he was a couple years ago? And he started off, and he le- gave up the home run to Valbueno. All right, he's down 2-0. And you're like, oh, no, here we go again, you know? But the Astros have McHugh on there, who only went four. You know, he gave him five hits, three earned, one walk, one strikeout, and he had a 4.5 ERA. Okay, Cueto, eight innings pitched, two hits, two earned, no walks, eight strikeouts, and, and the one mistake, the one home run. So Cueto is starting to come back, and if he can start being that number one pitcher that he is, the the Royals are going to go far and – the Blue Jays need to worry about the staff. And if their bats continually heat up and come back, and the drive they have and the comeback they had the other night, you know, seven runs in two innings, I, they're just ready to play. They look like a team that is ready to take that next step and win the World Series. They came in, went to game seven last year. No one thought they were going to do that. The Royals were a wild card team. Actually, both teams last year were wild card teams, but the Giants have a little bit more history. Giants have a little more seasoned veterans. You know, they were in this this experience. They had experience in the playoffs. They they knew what to expect. The Royals did not. They had very very minimal pl- uh, players last year who had playoff experience. Now they had that full ride last year, so they have experience. And now they're taking it and parlaying it into this year. And they're they're looking strong. But yeah, they went to a game five with Houston. But, hey, sometimes that, that, that young team has a lot of fight in them. And the Astros did. They just got – they were just a victim of, hey, this team's hungry. We got to see how hungry we are now. So they did that. They got through the series. They're going to the ALCS. And they're going to face the Blue Jays. But – you know they're 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 doing the right things out there. Everything they're doing is is equating to wins. Okay, you know the Royals had seven runs on eight hits. That's great. That is great. That is that. Those are percentages you want. You know, only two ground uh, double play balls. Okay, runs in scoring position. They were two for four. You know, fifty percent. They left two on base. Two on base. Okay? They got the most out of what they were doing yesterday. They came into a game five and said, hey, guys, this is our season. We got to win. And they did. Okay? And Cueto looked amazing. He settled down. He hit his spots. And he just absolutely dominated that Astros lineup, which is good, but it's not, you know, nothing, nothing to be – you know, going crazy over. Rasmus is good, you know. Correa, Altuve. You, you get through them. 
so Cueto did. He did his job. And if he starts and continues to pitch like a number one, the Royals are going to go far, and the Blue Jays are going to be in a lot, a lot of trouble because they have that power lineup. But if Cueto starts pitching good, he can shut them down. Now Wade Davis comes in, shuts the door in the ninth, which, you know, Wade Davis has been that guy for, for years now. And he, he is just unhittable. He is a, a great, great closer. So that's kind of the wrap-up of the of the KC game. Nothing really more. Um, they did the job. Game five. So expect a little bit more dramatics, but they just came out, you know, in the fourth, scored one, fifth, scored three. And then in the eighth, you know, Kendris Morales of a Keiko just sealed the deal. Okay, now Keiko is pitching on short rest. He's came in for relief, but Kendris Morales hit a bomb and put the, put his team. He said, hey, listen, guys, we're winning this. We're going to the second round. I got you. Coming up, two on, two out, and I'm going to hit a home run and send this on our way. And he did. And that's great. Okay. Now, as far as the other game in the uh, ALDS, which is <laughs> was full of dramatics the, the whole series, but yesterday, by far, it takes the key. I mean, what a crazy game. These two teams played yesterday. And if you watched it, you're going to remember it in your baseball mind forever, especially the dramatics, the emotions that came out of this game. Yeah, Hamels versus Stroman. Hamels versus Stroman. A young pitcher versus a, a a decent a decent you know vet who in Cole Hamels who you know usually gets the job done. He's switched teams. He he's really settled in, and he's a good pitcher. Hamels went six six point one innings pitched, four hits, five runs, two earned runs, and we'll go into that later because that was a debacle. Two walks, eight strikeouts, and one home run. With a two seventy O ERA. Okay, not bad. Two earned runs out of five. And the errors really killed the the, the Rangers. Stroman didn't look as great. Six innings, six hits, two runs, two earned, one walk, four strikeouts, one home run. Okay. Three, four, six ERA, but he's young. He's young. And then you bring in the twenty year old Asuna for the save, which is uh he hey. You got to do what you got to do in the playoffs. All hands on deck. See, go, these unsung heroes always seem to pop up. Okay, they always seem to pop up. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go into the the dramatics of this game and the seventh inning that you probably won't forget for a long time. And it's probably going to be stuck there when you're remembering some great play- playoff games when you're sitting in the bar with your buddies and you're, you're drinking and you're saying, oh, what about this game? What about this game? Oh, no, no, no. What about 2015? Rangers, Blue Jays, seventh inning. That seventh inning. Remember what happened there? You're going to be talking about that later. Okay? So we'll be right back after the break. Give me your calls, 347-989-0635. Follow me at Twitter, at The Big Rig Show, and we'll be right back.
we're back. Big Rig here. 347-989-0635 is the number to call if you want to get in touch. Let me know how you feel about yesterday's games, Batista, the Mets, game five tonight. Just going to go into a little bit. So, now, seventh inning. Fast forward to the seventh inning of the, of the Blue Jays games here. And we have man on third. Since Chu up at the plate, it's one and two count. So the pitcher throws a ball, a high ball. So since Chu starts, you know, doing his routine, getting his gloves ready for the next at bat, and Russell Martin throws a pitch back that hits off of Chu's hands and goes down the third baseline. Okay, while Chu is in the batter's box. So Odor on third base realizing that that's a live ball takes off. Now the Blue Jays are nowhere are the Rangers are nowhere to be found. Our Blue Jays are nowhere to be found. They're not going after the ball. Odor could have done a couple, you know, cartwheels down the third baseline and scored. So what's important about Odor at this point is he runs in, the umpire waves his hands up and calls it a dead ball before Odor touches home plate. So Odor doesn't listen and touches home plate anyway, which is very, very important to the outcome of the story because now he calls it a dead ball. Now the Rangers manager comes out and says, hey, listen, we got to review this. This is this is a live ball. He was in the box. The ball was still live. It wasn't fouled off. It was nothing caused the ball to be dead. Okay, so when the catcher throws the ball back to the pitcher, if he overthrows him, if it doesn't hit Sinsu Chu in the hand and overthrows him, that's still a live ball. There's nothing different about that. So hitting Chu, it's still a live ball. It just hits Chu. So why wouldn't it be a live ball? So Odor realizing it and knowing the rules, runs down third base, touches home plate, and scores. Um, the, now the umpire... I, he really needs to go over the rule book. And his name is Dale Scott, and he's been a great umpire over the years. But he has to realize that that's a live ball. You, The officiating and the umpiring in today's professional sports has been an atrocity up and down the board. These these games are, and in very important games, have been lost because of poor officiating and poor umpiring. So he has to realize that's a live ball. He has to know the rules. The, the, the umpires know the rules. Howard Reynolds knew the rule as soon as it happened. You know, credit to him, but he needs to call that right. Okay? So he waves off Odor, returns to the third base. They review a non-reviewable call. And that, it's not reviewable. There's only certain things in baseball that's reviewable, and that is not one of them. They review it anyway on the basis of he didn't realize where the ball was or what it hit off of. So he wanted to make the call, you know, apparent to what happened. He thought he'd seen it wrong. He went back there, reviewed the play, and he was able to score. Odor gets the um, the run in. It was a 2-2 game at that point. It was tied. So now the Rangers are up 3-2 in the seventh inning. So you're you're a Blue Jays fan. I understand why you're upset about this. All right, the call was waved off. 
it was a dead ball. You can't review a non-reviewable call, and now you're down three-two in a game five series. Yes, I understand you're missed. You're you're pissed off. Everyone gets pissed off on bad calls, but to act the way you did yesterday in the stands, throwing beer bottles, throwing anything you can get your hands on, hitting innocent people in the bottom is no way to act. And you should be damn shamed to yourself, Canada and Toronto, because that was a poor example on how you should act as a human being, throwing beer bottles. You hit a lady with a baby. Some say you hit the baby in the head. I'm not too sure. I think you hit the the woman in the head. Regardless, she comes walking up, holding her head and the baby in the hand. And it was just the most disgusting thing I've ever seen at a baseball game. You should be ashamed of yourself. Whoever threw that ball or the beer bottle, I hope you go home and you realize that you're one of the biggest idiots going today. I hold it together. The game's not over. You're in the seventh inning. You got nine more outs. Why don't we see what we can do? Why don't we see the makeup of our team before we start going nuts instead of flipping out in the bottom of the seventh inning? Are you kidding me, Toronto? Now, I would not, I would take away all the beer, beer cans, the beer bottles, anything, souvenirs, anything till the end of the game there. If they want to act like that, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Why aren't we giving them cups anyway? Everywhere I go in Jersey, I mean, maybe Jersey's been banned for so long, but everywhere I go in Jersey, I get a a a, a glass or a, a plastic cup that's attached to my wrist where <laughs> Jersey is in Philly and New York. And, and if you break the, the 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 string, the authorities are alerted and they come in and escort you out. <laughs> you get one cup. One cup, it's your attached cup. That's what they call it, the attached cup. And you walk around with your cup on your on your hand like, a you know, the little kid leashes they used to have. No, your cup is like that in New York. No, but getting back to it, Toronto, you should be ashamed of yourself, the fans. Because what happens in the bottom of the seventh inning made you look like imbeciles. Your team rallies back, has a great inning in the bottom half of that inning, and that is all negated. The whole top half of the seventh, you know, they, you protested the game. You can't protest that call, first of all. And what is this, Little League? We're going to protest? When's the last time you've seen a protest the game get overturned? Never. You know why? Because it doesn't happen. Okay? So you can protest the game all you want. It's not going to get overturned. 3-2, going into the bottom of the seventh. Deal with it. And <laughs> you did. Dale Scott, kudos for getting the call right. Bad job for not knowing the rule, Dale. You're a professional umpire. You need to get that call right. And if you don't, I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. Go go coach little league. And they can protest there. You know, a couple infurious dads that you made that call. Yeah, I can see that. Not on the major league level. Know know your rules, Dale. Okay. So, Toronto fans, take it easy. Had the the rest of the game to come back. So at this point, we're going to the bottom of the seventh. Rangers up three two. By the blunder by Russell Martin. Okay. Then in the bo- bottom half of the inning, the the Rangers make three errors and destroy any chance of coming back and advancing to the ALCS. I mean, when you when we talked about this the other day, we said that 
what wins in the playoffs? Pitching and defense. Defense, 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 right? You heard me say it a million times. And what lost the Rangers the game was defense. Okay? Martin, safe at first. Error by Andrews. Okay? Pilar grounded into fielder's choice. <laughs> Martin safe at second on a throwing error by Moreland. Okay? Then they bring in a pinch runner. And Goins grounded into a fielder's choice. You know? The pinch runner moves to third. Pilar safe at second on an error by Andrews again. So that's three errors in a row. So now you have a guy on third. You have the fielder's choice and a guy on first. So you have runners on the corners. Okay. Pillar goes to third. The next play is the fielder's choice. Pompey is out at home. Okay. Pillar to third. Going to second. Okay. Now, the Rangers bring in Dyson to relieve Hamels because Hamels just doesn't have it right now at this point. So, Hamels doesn't have it. Donaldson comes in, grounded into a fielder's choice in second, and then Pilar scored. Okay? And Goins went to third. So, now, what happens? Guess who's up? Joey Bats. Joey Bats has always had a little flair for the dramatics. He knows he knows what he's doing. He's been in the league for a long time, close to 15 years, been on many, many teams, really found his home in Toronto in 2010. Started 2011, he started to hit. He had 30, 40 home runs, 50 home runs, and he really found his, his team, his niche. He, he, he wanted to be in Toronto. Okay, so he comes up. Two men on and just hits an absolute moonshot. And a no doubter, right off the bat, you know the game's over. Okay? So a lot of people want to talk about baseball etiquette, you know, the unwritten rules of the game, the respect, the underlying things. I get that. I really do. We're we're talking about over a hundred year old tradition here that has been a gentleman's game. People always follow the unwritten rules. Occasionally you'll come out and you know, stuff happens. Joey bats absolutely had the best bat flip, the most epic bat flip I have ever seen. (laughs) And he was not shy about it. Okay. Now, normally in a regular season game, during, uh, you know, a, a three-game series on a Tuesday night in June. Someone has a bat flip like that. Yeah, I can see getting pissed off, okay? I can see being <laughs> really mad and, you know, next batter that comes up or he comes up again, maybe putting one in his back, making him duck, a little chin music. But in that situation, when you had the flow of emotions coming from what happened in the first half of the inning to the second half of the inning. And, you know, almost being on the brink of getting eliminated in a game five where you're expected, you made all these moves during the trade deadline. You made all these moves, and now you're in a position to go to the ALCS, and you get it stripped away for a little bit from an umpire's call, which was the right call, but it wasn't the right call because he – 
didn't call it right, and you can't review that call. So that is why they were they were pissed off. But then Joey Bats comes, puts on the cape, says, "Hey, listen, Toronto, I'm your savior. <laughs> I got you. Welcome to Gotham. I'm Batman." Hits the ball, stares at the pitcher like it was like it was a movie. If you could have replayed this as a movie, people would have been like, "Wow, that guy's a good actor. He's you know he's really overplaying that uh, that 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 stare and backflip." No, this is real life. And Joey Bats comes up and <laughs> looks, stares directly at the pitcher, and said, "What's up, little boy? Huh?" That's basically what that stare said. Okay, little boy. Takes the bat, throws it towards the Rangers dugout, and it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Normally, like I said during the regular season, I I'm a fan of the baseball rules, but in that flow of emotion, in that time period where you just basically won your team the game in the bottom of the seventh inning, and you have all that energy, and the crowd is going nuts, and you just said, "Hey, listen." Get the help from the ump. Get the help from the ump. I'll take this into my own hands. Get on my back, Toronto. All right? Little boy, throw the bat. Home run. And that's what happened. Okay? So, Joey Bats, hey, it was the it was the heat of the moment. I understand. You get your pass. Because that was one of the greatest things I have seen it in a long time. Talk about getting the hairs back of your neck to stand up and just feel that overall emotion. I felt like I was in that game when I watched that. I think everyone for that split second became a Toronto Blue Jays fan. And that is what baseball is about. When you look at a game like that and become, boom, Insta fan for that split second and you feel like, Oh my God, I can't believe he just did that. What did I just watch? And Joey Bats gave it to you. He delivered, and he delivered in a big way. So, Joey Bats, congratulations. Epic, epic home run. Epic bat toss. It was great. Um, it was it was perfect. It was perfect. So good job on that. You want to take your calls, 347-989-0635. We'll talk a little bit about Joey Bats' bat flip, if you want. Talk about the game overall, what happened with the umps. You know, Dale Scott not knowing the, the rule book. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Mets. Game five tonight for the rest of the show. We'll be back in a little bit.
right, we're back. Uh, what's up, everyone? Big Ray here. Uh, give me a call at 347-989-0635. Uh, take your calls. We'll talk about a little bit of Mets. Uh, just to touch on that uh, that Rangers-Blue Jays series, again, real quick. The Rangers, you know, came a long way this year. They they weren't supposed to win anything. So the the amount of, you know, perseverance they showed this year was fantastic. They they really came out, they were underdogs, and they showed you that they got some fight, and they weren't supposed to do what they did. So, you know, I give a lot of respect to the Rangers came out and, and made it made it as far as they did. So, game five, Mets-Dodgers tonight, 8 o'clock, the Battle of the Coasts. You got the Grom, Granky, your one versus their 1A. Okay, we've seen what Granky can do. We've seen what the Grom can do. Judging by their sample sizes in this playoff, Met fans have to feel really good right now. You, you do. I mean, especially with that Dodger lineup. What what are the Dodgers going to do that are gonna, is going to throw you off right now and say, oh, man, the Dodgers really have a shot at winning this game? No, they don't. They don't. I, I think that DeGrom's going to settle in early. He's going to pitch his game, and he's going to do what is needed to get this, this series win. And the Mets, I feel, will move in to the NLCS. I think they're going to win the game 3-0, 3-1. I don't think they're going to score a ton of runs off of Greinke, but if we, it depends when they get into the bullpen of the Dodgers. Okay, so DeGrom... 14 and 8, 2.54 ERA, 205 Ks this year. Granky, 19 and 3, 166 ERA, 200 Ks. Obviously, Granky with a better year. You know, almost a point off that ERA. Same amount of Ks. But the Grom really started to come into a zone this year and really took over that number one position from Harvey. Now you're going to have Syndergaard in the bullpen, you're going to have Harvey in the bullpen. Which is good if the Grom gets a little tired, or you know something dramatic happens where he pulls a muscle, or you still have those guys in your back pocket, and you know that you're going to lose this game with your three best. You're going to lose this with the Grom, Syndergaard, or Harvey. And what Terry Collins said to you is, "I'm not going to get outmanaged this game. This is for the New York fans." We're coming home to the NLCS, and I'm not going to let you down with my managerial skills. And he's doing that. If those three pitchers pitch and they can all go six to seven innings each, maybe not Harvey. Maybe it's his throw day. Maybe you'll get one inning, two inning out of him. But that should cover the game for you. And then Familia in the ninth if you're winning. So if you're a Met fan, you're feeling really good. You have three of your best starters on deck ready to go. Who does who does Granky have? You're gonna bring in Kershaw for one. Maybe it's his throw day. You get him for one inning, not two. And then you, you rely on the on the bullpen who let you down. Every time that bullpen comes in, you're just like, wow, uh, we have a, a legitimate shot at winning this game. And when Don Donnie the Brain baseball comes in start strolling out on the, uh, up the steps and to the mound, you're like, okay, 
Let's see what we got here. That's that's almost like the beginning of your rally when he comes up on the steps. When he starts walking out into the pitcher's mound, he's just like, okay, rally started, flip the cap around, turn it inside out. We got something going here. That's if you're in a position where you need a rally. But as far as Greinke goes, you can't bring in Anderson. He just doesn't have it, especially versus the Mets. Maybe Kershaw won. Jansen can maybe pitch two. So they're in trouble with their with their bullpen. We'll see what happens. Take a look at the Dodgers lineup. See what they're going to play. Um, you have Crawford, who has done absolutely nothing. He's a shell of, of the player he once was. And that contract and that trade from Boston, I'm not saying it's bad because they've been in the playoffs almost every year since that, that trade happened. But he is just not the player he used to be. Okay, A.J. Ellis. See what kind of game he has. <clears throat> he's a kind of, kind of, you know, shaky hitter. Andre Ethier, he's been hurting you guys, so we'll see what he can do. I personally think he is a good hitter and can damage Degrom. It depends. He's that. He's that kind of guy. He knows what needs to be done. Adrian Gonzalez, same guy. A lot of people say he's overrated. I don't think so. I think Adrian Gonzalez is a good hitter. He does it year in and year out. Sometimes he he doesn't, but he's batting three seventy five versus Degrom. Two home runs in eight at bats, five RBIs. So you want to take that matchup? Hey, Gonzalez is, can be a threat tonight. Got to neutralize him. Okay, Grindal, Kiki. Those guys don't scare you. Howie Kendrick does in the leadoff spot. Never gotten a hit off of the Grom. It's batting zeros. So is Crawford. And Jacques Peterson, not scary at all. Puig struck out every time he's been up. You know, it's batting 167 versus the Grom. Six at bats, one home run, one RBI. Granted, it is the one one hit he has is a home run. <clears throat> but Puig is not the player that the Dodgers thought he was going to be. When he came up the, a couple years ago, you almost thought he was a, a human being of, of – he was a giant on the field. Like, he was just a massive human being. Almost kind of like Cespedes. Kind of reminds me of Cespedes. You know, like they're kind of like the same kind of players – Cespedes had a lot of problems early on, too. You know, he's starting to come into his role, but Puig is that kind of player. And if he gets hot or he comes in for that one shot and hits a home run versus the Mets, they're going to be hating that. <clears throat> Jimmy Rollins, yeah, eight at-bats, 125 ERA. You're not really worried about that. Justin Ruggiano. Uh, I was talking to my buddy the other day. This is the kind of guy that's going to come in and, and get a big hit off the bench or if he starts tonight. So you kind of want to watch him. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Corey Seager had an unbelievable September, has done nothing in the playoffs. And some guys don't. Some guys can't play in the playoffs. Corey Seager might be one of them. So you never know. See what Seager does. See if he even plays. Then you have the guy who has absolutely murdered the Mets 
in this postseason, and that's Justin Turner. DeGrom has to find a way to bottle him up, keep him in his back pocket, and don't let him off the leash, okay? Got to pitch to him. Pitch to him right. He's seeing the ball really well. He's going in and out. He's hitting the ball to all sides of the field. So Turner has to be a priority tonight for DeGrom. Can't let that guy beat you. Him and I'd say Kendrick and Gonzalez are the only three guys you really have to worry about. Easier, yeah. But those three have been like the the little you know bug on their shoulder that just doesn't fly away. Especially Turner. Turner is hitting the ball really well, seeing the ball really well. And he wants to make the Mets pay for getting rid of him. And you can tell that this is a revenge kind of series for him. And he's shown you why he is one of the best hitters on the Dodgers right now. And you can say he's, you know, he's Justin Turner. We didn't see that. We we had him. He wasn't doing that for us. Hey, it takes a while for guys to start coming in, you know? It takes a while. Not everyone is Bryce Harper, all right? You get a little more experience. You start seeing the ball. The game starts slowing down for you. The pitches, you start recognizing release points. You get familiar with the pitches, pitchers throughout the league. Then you start hitting the ball. Okay, so Justin Turner, Andre Ethier, Adrian Gonzalez, and Howie Kendrick are the guys we need to watch out for tonight. Pitch to them, get them out, and the Mets will win. They're going to win the game, go on to the NLCS. As far as the Met lineup, uh, we'll go over what they've done versus Granke. Cespedes batting 205 over five at-bats, no home runs, no RBIs. Okay, but he's not that kind of, oh, let's look at the history. No, he's not that kind of hitter. He can do anything at any time versus anyone. He just, he gets outpowered, overpowered sometimes, which all power hitters do. So Cespedes needs to get on that, that fire, like say, all right, I'm going back to September. Channel, channel your inner September Cespedes tonight and see what you can do. Conforto, he's going to be a player on the Mets for a long time. You want that outfield. Next year, you want Cespedes, Conforto, Granderson. You'll take that outfield all day, Met, Met fans. He's going to be a good hitter. He's only got two at-bats versus Granke, one RBI. Can't really go by that. See what he does tonight. Kadir, we're just going to go through all the Met lineups who who have, who, who have faced Granke, see what they've done. Who knows if Kadir's going to play? Who knows if he's going to put him in Duda? I'm sure the lineups are out right now. So, Kadir, 286, 21 at-bats, five RBIs. 286, that's probably, you know, something that Collins has to look at. He's been 286 versus this guy. If not, you keep him on the bench, first guy in off the bench. Kadir might see uh, some playing time tonight. Okay, Lucas Duda, batting 250 over 12 at-bats, one home run, one RBI. There's your conflicting report right there. What do you do with that? Duda, Kadir, who knows? We'll see. Wilmer Flores batting 375 versus Cranky in eight at bats. Not bad. Not bad. So we got some decisions to make. Granderson, 267 over 15, one RBI. 
Granderson's been doing it for you. You know, he's he's gotten a lot of he's gotten a lot better. Last year you wanted to run him out of town. This year, one of your best hitters carried you in that lull of the season where you were transitioning from one of the worst teams. Well, not one of the worst teams. One of the worst lineups to now one of the best lineups. If you would have came into the the playoffs with the lineup you had in the beginning of this year, as opposed to the lineup you have right now, this game would have been the series would have been over in three. Dodgers are a better team, but Dodgers are a better lineup. Okay. You don't. You came in with the, the new and improved team. Alderson made the right decisions in July, trade deadline, got you the team you needed to, to be successful in the playoffs, and you guys are successful. Regardless of what you think, you're successful this year. Okay? If I would have told you game five playoffs this year, Dodgers play into the NLCS at the beginning of the year, every Met fan would have signed up for that. Wow. Playoffs? Hey, let's let's do it. Let's get in this playoffs, big step, and then start building towards our future. But guess what? Alderson's seen something in you guys this year. He's seen something in you and said, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to get the higher guns I need, and we're going to try to win this thing. And your lineup improved tenfold. So now the expectations improve tenfold. So as you go on, you play your August, you play your September, the Met fans start getting, hey, I want to go in the playoffs. Not only do I want to go in the playoffs, I want to win in the playoffs. So now anything less than an LCS is going to be disappointing for you. So you see how that works. You see how success and small improvements can heed bigger success and bigger expectations and that's what happened with the Mets this year so now they they want to win they want to go to this NLCS every Met fan is on board we're Jonestown right now give give us the the purple Kool-Aid because everyone's drinking it and this is the biggest game in New York Mets for oh since game 7 2006 to go into the World Series versus the Cards and we all know what happened there Hopefully we don't have a repeat of what happened there, but just as, as much as this is great and as much as like what's going on is, is great for New York fans. This game could be very sobering and you guys can sober up real quickly tonight. So we'll see what happens. Kelly Johnson, no at bats are nine at bats batting zero against cranky. So don't, don't think you're going to see him tonight. Juan Lagares, eight at bats, one home run, three RBIs, one two five average. Uh, hey, you got a home run, got three RBIs, eight at bats, small sample size. Daniel Murphy. Now, I've seen a couple calls over the, over the last week. Dan, Daniel Murphy. I don't think we should resign him, but this guy has. He's just that that hitter and that annoying batter if you're facing this team that always seems to do damage and and get in when when you don't need something like that happening. He just does it. Bat 308 versus Granke. 13 at bats. No home runs, no RBIs, but 308's not bad. 13 at bats is a lot. It's third most on the team right now. Kirk Neuenheis. Hey. <laughs> we all know how Matt fans feel about Kirk Neuenheis. Five at bats. Zero home runs. Zero RBIs, batting 200. 
you don't expect much from Kirk Nolanais. Kevin Pulecki, 333, six at bats, no home runs, no RBIs. Okay. David Wright, nine at bats, no home runs, no RBIs, but batting 333. Same thing with Darno. Three at bats, 333, one for three. Okay. So if Darno, David Wright, Granderson, Cespedes, you know, even Lucas Duda, Conforto, you guys have a great lineup right now. You have a lot of threats, a lot of, you have no one you can walk over. So if they all start and just get the base hits, the walks, have the good eye, play defense tonight, you're, you're going to win the game. You're a better team. Your pitcher's better. Advantage, starting pitching, advantage, Mets. Bullpen, advantage, <laughs> tied. They're both they're both bad. Coaching, advantage Mets. Terry Collins has done minimal errors this whole series. Don Manley leaves you scratching your head. Jelly head over there. Every time you see him come out of that uh, that dugout, kind of get a little excited. Defense, I'm gonna give it to the Mets. You guys have played well. Okay? So, in almost every aspect of the game, now starting pitching, this game, yes, the Mets. Overall, I think the Dodgers have have done a little bit better. Both of their starting pitchers have gotten a win. So, we'll see what the Mets can do tonight. We just went over their lineups, how they did against each pitcher, what I thought. Scores are going to be, how the game is going to play out. I think it's going to be a very uneventful game. I think it's going to be on your seat, at the edge, just waiting for something to happen. And I think it's going to be a well-pitched, well-defensively played game, as you've seen all series. A couple crazy things. The slide, slide gate, Chase Utley. You won't see him tonight unless it's a really, really awkward game. And if you do, you know what to do. Got to get into the NLCS. We'll be back. Maybe take some calls. 347-989-0635. Coming back in a couple minutes. Wrap up the show. About two minutes left. Um, quick uh, overlook. We went over to Met game five tonight. Big series win for the Mets. Uh, Lamar Odom, his condition. See if he comes out of this. See if he doesn't. Uh, Houston KC game. KC advances as you thought they were going to. 
and the crazy Blue Jays Rangers game last night, which was one for the ages. And a lot of people are going to be talking about that for years to come. Epic bat flips, epic home runs, blown calls. Okay. So it was a good day in baseball yesterday. A lot of, lot of dramatics, a lot of insight on what's going to happen for tomorrow or for the series to come. What's going to happen tonight? Met game five. Met fans, a little excited. See what you guys do. As you just see, thrillers tonight. Don't expect a blowout. Got two great pitchers on the mound. Everyone's going to come, start coming into their zones. We'll see what happens. What in the hell? We'll see what happens. Don't worry about it, Mr. Anderson. We'll see what happens tonight. This is Big Rig coming at you live in New York. 347-989-0635. Number to call. Tomorrow we'll be going over game five of the Mets game. Probably for the whole show. And uh, we'll talk about that. Take your calls. Follow me at Twitter, The Big Rig Show. Okay. And uh, have a good day, everyone. And as always... Hey, does this suit make me look fat? No, no, no. Your face does. Okay. I'm just making sure. Just making sure it was the... It was all the same. Have a good day, everyone.